You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hello and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie and I want to welcome all y'all to this podcast and an opportunity to meet one of my favorite people at NASM. So this is uh, going to be a meeting with a friend of mine named Rich Fami, and Rich has been working with the NASM for quite some time now, and I should know because I was there early on helping to yeah, onboard him and bring him on. So with that said, Rich, how you doing? Hey, Rick. Good to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, you were one of my early mentors as a master instructor, so thank you for that. It was great. Oh, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I enjoyed working with you through the years and you've become very, very helpful to me as I've worked on several projects in the last, uh, I don't know, six months or longer. Yeah, so yeah. I I want to say thank you for all the support and the, you know what? Yeah, I was talking to um, Kyle and several other mm -hmm. guys because I'm working on a, another project mm -hmm. and I, I they were just, they were talking about some of the challenges of writing out some chapters and textbooks and things. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, if worse comes to worse and I, I just need somebody to help me through it, like mentally, I'll call Rich. Right. And then everybody on the call goes, yeah, yeah, you should call it. Yeah, <laughs> you too. That's what he always makes me feel better. So. That's funny. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know what it is about, uh, calming down authors or something, but you all do a great job. So I don't know people will call like, I don't know how I feel about this chapter. Like, well, let's discuss, let's talk, let's talk through it. Yeah. It's funny. That's awesome. Well, with the fact of the matter is you get to be introduced to a lot of concepts and mm -hmm. content and, and read it and get it from authors long before anybody else gets that information. So in some ways I'm really jealous of you because you're getting the newest <laughs> information and research out there. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I always pinch myself in a way because um, I'm basically I get to be a professional nerd, um, and you know, and and a lot of the content we get too. I you, you know, some people may be disappointed to find out I, I take a lot of it out um, because because sometimes the depth is too great, and that I might save it for a continuing ed course or something that's a little bit of a deeper dive on a topic. But um, yeah, I, I get access to all these experts, and it's really cool. It's really uh, you know, if you're if you're a geek. Um, then it's it's a cool gig. I can't yeah. complain. That's one of the things I never got from you. Rick, you have gone too deep. <laughs> you you know too much. We're going to have to come back. I'm like, no, 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 no. I kept it quite superficial. Yeah. Your depth is appropriate. Actually, I do a lot of uh, slashing and burning through chapters when after the author's done. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good process. Well, one of the things I wanted to bring you on today, actually, mm -hmm. let me just address this real quick. I see a guitar in the background. How long has that oh. been going on? Oh, you know, it's uh, I've been playing since I was in high school, but I I, I call it instead of actually, you know, progressing uh, for 20 years or 25 years, it's more of like one year repeated 25 times. Um, okay. So it's uh, I'm a noodler. So I, my goal is to be just enough. You don't what you don't see is a closet full of of other guitar cases. Um, so my, my goal is to be just good enough to justify making multiple guitar purchases and my wife not rolling her eyes too much, although I think we're past that stage. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I've heard it's addictive. I heard it like once once you start playing instruments, yeah. and, and just so you know, recently uh, I picked up this little guy. Nice. Uh huh. Ukulele. Yeah, uh, my, my wife got us an ukulele for uh -huh. uh, the holidays last year, and cool. I 
really was into it for a while uh -huh. and you know it was amazing starting out i'm like that's impossible like the yeah. way the fingers move it's in but yeah. this is a great conversation we could go into completely oh, yeah. on like motor yeah. learning to be honest oh it is totally yeah. like fingers just don't move the way you want them to move and then one day they yeah. go there they just mm -hmm. it works so yeah. uh anyway i love playing the instruments i think it's good for my my brain and good for a little uh motor learning but with that being said i'm gonna move us into the topic really i want to discuss today and uh for those of you here with us just joining us this is rich fami and i want to talk about wellness because early on uh this year i was speaking with somebody and they were talking to fitness professionals and many of themselves uh, considered themselves or fancied themselves uh, a wellness professional. And so mm -hmm. I kind of want to get an idea from you. What is the difference? Because I would not categorize a personal trainer in with a wellness professional necessarily. Sure. And so sure. what, what is wellness? And kind of talk us through the difference between somebody that can work with people through wellness and somebody that works with people for fitness? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think you, what a lot of people understand about fitness is, is that will it impact someone's wellness greatly? And absolutely it will. Right. So, you know, that, that is, uh, but to say you're a wellness professional um, might be a little different. So, you know, some common things I think that are helpful to get some definitions around it. So if we, you know, for me, for the longest time too, I would say I'm a health and fitness professional. Right. Um, especially starting as a trainer. And, and you know, th there's really there's a lot of overlap. Uh, but if we were to define each one, health could be thought of as looking at um, specific parameters. Right. Like your cholesterol, your blood pressure, um, you know, body weight, um, triglycerides, you know, blood markers, all these different things, sort of these these things a doctor's office would look at to assess your health, right? If we're looking at fitness, then that's what we all know and love. You're you're trying to elicit a um, you know a specific adaptation from that client's kinetic chain, right? Whether it's strength, power, speed, agility, stability, um, mobility, so on. Wellness is tricky because it's 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 very much a, every time you talk about it, you have to define what you mean by it. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a little bit tough sometimes to categorize wellness, but if, if we put it into a large category, it's really all these sort of mental, physical, emotional, um, things that, that contribute to over your overall well-being, And that, and that sounds like a whole lot of a, a circular definition, but that's, you, you kind of have to keep it that broad. Um, I think when you, when you narrow it down is when you get to the scope of the individual, right? Because if someone's, a there's all kinds of coaches, right? If you're if you're a relationship coach, well, that that will factor into your well-being, right? How you relate to other people, because that's really important, especially if you have loved ones in particular you're trying to relate to, um, and be there for and support. Um, it, your financial wellness, right? You can have a financial advisor who who guides you through um, investment or you know reducing debt or whatever it would be. So, you know, all these things do factor in. Wellness is extremely broad. Um, so while a fitness trainer or a fitness professional, um, whether it's a group exercise instructor or personal trainer, will impact someone's, someone's wellness and, and you know, movement in particular actually does have a pretty wide um, ranging set of effects on wellness. They're not necessarily a wellness professional, even though they contribute to wellness greatly. True. There's, there's something called the wellness wheel that that that's out there in the wellness world and it talks about as you mentioned there's spiritual wellness there's emotional wellness social wellness financial wellness 
um, relationships, and then then there's physical wellness. And it's interesting because the physical wellness is one series of spokes in that wheel. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I do believe that they all contribute and support each other, mm -hmm. right? And we know that that physical wellness can really help with social wellness. It has yeah. a it has a factor that goes along with it. Um, you know whether or not you're more physically fit. I'm not sure whether or not that helps you make more money, but you know, and all the other things that yeah. go along with it. But there there are feeder systems, and I think there are some behaviors and disciplines and practices that when you get good at doing that in one aspect of your life then you can start kind of shifting and focusing on how you may be able to apply that in other aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. And there's a researcher by the name of Barbara Fredrickson that mm -hmm. talks about broadening and building. So doing little things and becoming successful at little things and, and, and broadening that, building upon that, and some they refer to as an upward spiral. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a valuable concept as we start to get into understanding wellness and fitness as a component of wellness versus them being synonymous. Mm -hmm. Yes, very true. I mean, you know, and the neat thing about um, the concept of an upward spiral, um, as you mentioned, is that's pretty integral, I think, to if you're going to go into, let's say, wellness coaching, where you're looking at at, at helping a client beyond, um, you know, designing workouts and, and understanding what they need um, from a training standpoint, is, is the upward spiral can really start anywhere. Um, and then it'll start having an impact on other areas of that person's wellness. So, you know, you hear all these things, you hear all these anecdotal, these stories all the time of people go on, like, you know, I just, I got on a fitness program and I started working out more and, you know, all of a sudden I wanted to eat better because, you know, I wanted to support what I was doing working out. And, and then I noticed I was in a better mood and I was sleeping better and I was, you know, less irritable at work or at home, you know, so it's, but what it started with is maybe you started taking a walk twice a week. Um, right. you know, and so the upward spiral can really just take a very small change, uh, very small thing. And then it starts, it really, you know, it, upward spiral, right? So it, it does start affecting other areas in the life, in your life, um, and in greater capacities each time. You know, it's interesting. I, a friend of mine from years ago had come up from Atlanta to visit me in New York mm -hmm. city. And when I knew her back then, she weighed about 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. And when she came up and I saw her, she had lost about half that weight. And I talked to her about it. Obviously, me as a fitness professional, I was like, I need to know what, what's going on in your life that you made these big changes. And she, she said, the thing that you may hear a lot that you think people don't actually do or pay attention to, which is... Um, she started walking more. She took the stairs for several floors instead of the escalator. Right. She started increasing just physical activity, but at no point did she start, did, was she working out? All right? right. She was just more physically active, moving more throughout the day. What we refer to as neat, mm -hmm. that non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And, and I talk about this in some of the things in, that I've, I've written, which is, Sometimes people don't do those things because mm -hmm. they seem too simple. Right. And if it yeah. seems too simple to do, then it's not enough to actually accomplish your end goal, which might be the weight loss or whatever it is. So yeah. instead of doing the small, simple things, then they just do nothing. 
Very true. I, I mean, you know, and, and it's kind of silly because it's a cliche, right? Oh, it all adds up, but it really does. It does, yeah. <laughs> you know? it, does. It, really, it really does. It's the, the little stuff. Um, you know, I, I went to a warehouse store yesterday, you know, buying in bulk for the week. Um, and I, I did. I parked on sort of the other side of the building where the tire center was and, you know, way further down. Um and it's silly because, you know, it's it's hot in Arizona, um, <laughs> but, yes. uh, you know, and we're in monsoons. So it's, it's actually more humid than people realize sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, I did it because I got extra steps in, you know, it's it's but it's little stuff. It's really is little stuff. Um, and I tried not to do the whole, you know, how many things can I pile up when I'm trying to come into the house? Right. I, I actually intentionally took smaller loads um, because of that. Like my wife thought I was nuts. Um, but but um one ag at know. a time rich yeah i mean <laughs> you know it's a little extreme a little extreme <laughs> I actually I, you know i unpacked each bottle from every little thing and brought it in one at a time um you know doing lateral shuffles sometimes a skips another time you know it's, it's, oh, that's it's a awesome. lot it's a lot it's a lot but you know it helps um but no, it really it really does it really does add up it really really does um, it's not to be underestimated well, sure. talk to me about then, because we, in one instance, uh, instance we're really talking about training, mm -hmm. and another instance we're talking about coaching. So training is really almost the you need to be present for training to take place. It's mm -hmm. taking somebody through something and repeating it and getting better at it, watching that growth. Having coaching is a little bit different, um, where you're not necessarily there, and you're not training you know training can be a part of coaching but there's a difference what is it what is that difference and then how can we start getting better at coaching versus training that's a really good question um i i think if you had to boil it down um if i wanted to come up with one nugget right as a takeaway is um you're not in charge of what success looks like um, so, so as a trainer, we, we have ideas, right? We, we have measures, we do assessments, you know, before, during, after, or, you know, ongoing, um, whether that's, that's, you're trying to do a, a sub max VO2, right? Some sort of cardio assessment or even your overhead squat, um, one rep max, right? We have all these things, um, that we can do, um, or a T drill, for example. So there's all these things that we're assessing, and and we and we use those measurements and the continued improvement to define success. Um, and so that that tends to create more of a, um, I sort of know what success looks like for you, um, because I'm 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 the expert. And I'm doing these measure, measurements, and and that's what it is, and and that's all valid and that's all good. When we're looking at structured programs over time, and and you're trying to create change over time. You know, you want to make sure you're progressing properly, and you do want to assess: Are you eliciting the adaptations you think you're eliciting through your training? Um, but, but if we're going to coaching, you really what success looks like has nothing to do with you um, as as a professional. It's really up for the client to tell you what that looks like, especially in a wellness scenario, right? You're you're there to help them facilitate change, but you have to the the understanding or the perspective you have is the clients are experts in themselves. Um, so that's that whole client centric model that we're looking at is, is when you, and when you put the clients at the center of all that, right, you hear this kind of cliche client centric, um, focus, but what, when you, when you're able to do that and show you're just there to guide them, um, that, that they will reveal what's most important to them over time. So, you know, sometimes clients have a hard time articulating, well, I don't really know what I want. I don't know what success looks like. Um, but, but over time, as you build trust and rapport and, and you communicate effectively, um, they're going to be more vulnerable. Um, as a client 
and by vulnerable, I mean they're they're willing to give you the the stuff that that if you knew this about them, you could use it against them, right? That's kind of how I define vulnerability. Because okay. I'm, I'm giving you things that that you could you you I'm giving you my buttons, right? When I'm vulnerable, um, and I'm trusting you to to take care of those and to make a space for those and um, and 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 use that information to guide me. But you're not telling me what success looks like. Really, that's up for me to decide. Interesting. So I'm going I'm to talk about that a little bit more because mm-hmm. I think we've all heard of uh, results focused training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what that's why people are coming to us. They're coming to us for results. But now you're talking about the benefits of client focused coaching. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is part of it where, you know, I used to talk about being a, a trainer and, and getting frustrated by hearing a trainer uh, another trainer say, hey, what do you want to do today when somebody walked in? And in, in, in my mind, and maybe that was true, they just didn't have a program set up for it. Uh, now I'm a lot less judgmental of it because I think that having the client contribute to their own workout mm-hmm. is actually beneficial to the relationship of that client with exercise. Mm-hmm. And so having them be a participant, what are some of the other benefits of this client-focused coaching and you know we just explain a little bit about some of the significance that go along with that sure well you know if you put the client in charge of what what the success looks like for them there's a lot more of that immediate ownership um and, and in one sense too there's there's ownership to the point of they understand that if they don't achieve whatever success looks like right that it is it is it is up to them um so there's kind of a built-in you know, I hate to use the word accountability because I think accountability is misconstrued um, and kind In of a misused way. term. I, I think accountability gets translated as, are, did you do what you were supposed to do last time that I said we were supposed to do last time we met? So compliance. Compliance, right? You hear that yeah. client compliance, client adherence. That, if you look at those terms just in general, um, those can be, those can lead you down this slippery slope of I'm a babysitter, right? Mm. Hey, I, I told you we should be successful. So... Did you do it last time? Right. And then you, your response to that when they come in and go, I just, I just couldn't get it done is kind of everything. So not to overstate it. It's, it's really important to your relationship, right? Cause how you react when they just didn't get something done, um, makes a big difference. So when, when it's, when it's client centered and they've decided, you know, for me to be well or feel well, these are the things that I think need to start happening in my life. Um, that, that creates a sense of ownership. Um, I think one important thing, if we're talking about accountability too, um, you know, another benefit to being client-centered is, is you're not holding clients accountable as a coach. You're, you're, and I heard this. I can't take credit for this. I heard this from a, from someone who actually mentors coaches. Um, okay. She said she doesn't hold clients accountable. She holds them capable and able. Oh, I love that. Right. So it's not oh, accountability. It's not on babysitting. Right. It's, it's. I know you're capable. I know you're able. Let's talk through it. Nice. Right. So just because you don't get it from this last, you know, let's say I met you last Monday and you come in today and you didn't do it. I mean, that's not the end of the world, right? Right. (laughs) Right. The other thing too is if you're focusing on the positive components of it, when somebody comes in and they said, I, you know, I wasn't able to get everything that, that I was supposed to get done. I, I put this on myself and I wasn't able to get it done. And then following up with what did you get done? And 
what fell in place that allowed you to get that much done and focusing on, because the moment they say what they didn't get done, they give all the reasons why they couldn't. Right. When you focus on what they did accomplish, then they give you the reasons why they did accomplish. Right. And that's what we need to coach. That's what we need to be there for, their, their abilities to not turning a conversation on to why they could not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you can celebrate small win, right? And that's not to say that, you know, as trainers, we should just be taking this sort of hands-off approach. Did you do it? Did you not? Oh, who cares? Okay, keep, let's move on to our next exercise, right? It's it's really about digging in and going, okay, so, so you didn't get the, you know, the, we discussed, let's say, um, you know, working on your sleep hygiene, right? Mm -hmm. And and starting to, you know, dim the lights an hour before bed, turning screens off, um, you know, whatever these different things might be. Um, and and let's say you just you said you couldn't do it you just you didn't get enough uh, you know an uptick in sleep quantity you know you're doing six hours a night and you're trying to get to eight um and you know what but you're able to get to bed 30 minutes sooner and you did fall asleep in enough time where you got six and a half hours sleep right so instead of focusing on hey i didn't hit the eight it's well that's that's a win right getting an extra 30 minutes is a win um so so what worked for you to get that 30 minutes well and then you know, taking that small win and going, well, you're able to do this, you know, what about getting that extra 30 minutes? What about your mindset changed? What about your habits changed that we can keep that going um, and keep uh, focusing yeah. on that to move you forward, right? Because it's, it's just it. about progress, not perfection. That's another cliche. So I'm going to be throwing a bunch of these out, but it, it, it really is, right? So, and it's not to underplay, um, you know, we're all fans of structured exercise and structured workout programs, right? It's one of the things we did. I know you, I think you've talked with Brian about it in the OPT model when we first yeah. started looking at changes to it. You know, one of the things we looked at was the whole client's choice thing. Um, and it's it's really simple. It's a simple ad, um, but it really did come out of the fact that, hey, let's, you know, you're taking them through a workout. You're, you're the expert, right? Here's the situation of you're defining success, but but let's give them something where they feel good about it, right? Why not throw in something they feel good about so they know that, hey, I might have to get through some of these exercises that Rick's going to really want me to do. I know they're important. I know he's the expert and I know they're good for me, but I'm going to get to do a ridiculous amount of bicep curls or 21s when we're done because <laughs> I, just, I, I just have to do it because, you know, that's what I need um, to stay sane. So, you know, that 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 kind of stuff, it, you know, it's simple, but it, it does yeah. make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I was working with uh, with one of the NBA bigs at one mm -hmm. point. I was training him and he was, he at one point, he just said, I want to do bench press. And I was like, well, I don't have that on your program and that is not what you need to be doing. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I, just, um, I mean, it's not on the program. And he was like, I just, I really want to do bench press. And I was like, all right, all right, yeah. well, <laughs> let's, let's go do some bench press. I'd rather yeah. you do them here with me. Right. Where right. I can focus on, on things that need to be focused on. I can be there to spot you. I can talk you through a tempo. I can work it into our program uh -huh. versus him just going out and going ham on bench press and then not being able to lift his arm above his head because it was right. during season. So, oh, right. it was, okay. it, I mean, but you gotta, you, you gotta give something back. Yeah. And that's part of, that's part of this process as well is the giving back the the giving people what they want and also giving them what they need and mm -hmm. we we talk about that in in marketing sometimes or in sales like giving mm -hmm. them what they what they need packaged and what they want and all the time i would say that my yeah. my mom used to do that all the time because she would 
she would, uh, for the holidays, for Christmas, she would pack socks and presents. And so it was fun opening presents, but it always sucked when you got socks. Right. But <laughs> there would be another box and sometimes there'd be socks in the next box, but it was the opening the presents that was the good right. stuff. Right. So, you know, there might be bench press and after it's over, it might be superseded with some scaptions or some other things that, right. that he needed, but at least he got what he needed here in his head right. and he got what he needed, which helped support him and his process for his game. Right. Right. And, and, you know, too, you can even explain the scaptions as, Hey, this will actually help your bench. So let's do this little active recovery in between sets, right. you know, and this will help your benching. So, and you know, that's the funny thing too, is, is, um, Coaching is also about listening to everything mm. that your client comes in saying, um, whether it's verbal, nonverbal, you know, facial affect, their mood, um, just listening to everything, how they're breathing, you know, are they sighing a lot? Are they, you know, taking mm. deeper breaths than normal to try and calm themselves? What's going on? Right. It's, you listen to everything. And for, and for your player or your athlete who, who he just wanted, maybe you just wanted to push something heavy off his yeah. chest. Right. And, and it's not about pec development probably, right. If he's in season, especially maybe he's feeling like he's, he's, uh, he's getting boxed out when he's going for a rebound, you know, yeah, and he, he thinks yeah. if he can, if he can push a little harder, then he's going to be able to keep his position, you know, who knows what it's coming from, but that's, that's kind of our job as coaches is, is what are you trying to get out of it? Let's do it. You'll feel better about it. And, and, you know, even if it's a placebo effect and the guy just feels a little bit stronger because he got those extra couple sets of bench, um, then he takes that to a game that day or that, or the next day. Um, that's, that's an impact in, in a strange way. That's an impact on his mental wellness and his confidence. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking with Rich Fami, and he is on a product development team at NASM and he is fantastic. Again, like my go-to guy when I just need somebody to talk me off the edge of projects <laughs> that feel just aren't going the right way. And you maybe by listening to him talk right now, you can understand why he's like the 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 confidant of of NASM as we go through and we're working on projects the way that he's addressing this right now and the comfort and sincerity in which you approach things, Rich, I think are very helpful. Okay, and sir. we learn stuff from you. Uh, and your character as much as we learn from you and what you research and what you focus on in the business. I appreciate that, man. I, I mean, I, you know, I tried, I really do try, um, you know, and, and if it, if it comes across as, as you're getting kind of what I'm thinking and feeling and it comes across, that's great. Um, you know, I, the industry has given me a whole lot, you know, I've been in this business now for, I've, I've earned the kind of the white, the white hair and the, Sorry, the white beard. Uh, you didn't look like that. You didn't look yeah, like that when yeah. I met you years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have all this. Um, you know, and I've been in the business now for what? Gosh, this is going to sound terrible. Twenty-one years. Um, and so I, I've, I've likened myself to I'm, I'm the, the old guy that comes out of his house and goes get off my lawn, right? I'm, the, I'm that guy <laughs> of the fitness industry <laughs> at this point. Um, but, uh, but I, I do want to really advance the industry because it's given me a lot. Um, in my life and been there for me in many different ways, allowed me to serve people and, and other professionals. So um, I care about it. I really care about it. So the, the information that we give to professionals, um, you know, I want to make sure it's something that's helpful and applicable. And I, and I do see this, especially with 2020 and, and into 2021, um, the focus on wellness, you see all these things about, you know, self-care and, you know, mm -hmm. and then sometimes people get a sense of of, of self care and wellness being you're in you're in a bubble bath with some candles lit and soft music playing. You're just taking deep breaths and trying to like 
you know, relax from your day. And, and that's part of it. Um, I think if, as fitness professionals, you know, we, we look at wellness and self-care as, as more of an active process, um, whether it involves movement or, you know, practiced mindfulness or, or practice gratitude um, techniques or, um, you know, recovery techniques, or you're actively trying to do something to better your, your state of well-being, um, you know, or even or making, you know, creating a sleep routine, right? That's an active process. That's something you're trying to do to help yourself sleep um, better, get more better quality and quantity of sleep. So um, yeah, anything we can do to, to arm professionals, I'm all for. I've, I've had the benefit of, of um, speaking with some amazing experts, some of some you've had on your show. Um, and they really, they're, they're really excited to talk to us actually, because they, they have been seeing the need for this kind of wellness mindset to make its way into fitness because the crossover is so important. Um, and they understand the importance, all the, as you've seen, right, all the research that supports movement, not necessarily even structured training, but just movement and how it plays into uh, someone's well-being in a, in a bunch of different domains. Well, when, I think that's a good thing to bring up. So we talked mm -hmm. about the wellness wheel earlier. What are some of the components in that wellness wheel that we as fitness professionals can actually utilize and what are some of those key performance indicators, right? Like what's mm -hmm. our KPI as, as a sure. fitness pro that can say, this is, this is, these are things that you should focus on to help your overall wellness. Sure. I, you know, if, you know, we're big on scope around here. Um, yeah. So if we're, if we're looking at scope of a fitness professional who doesn't have any other sort of licensure or um, credentials specifically like in a healthcare arena, for example, uh, licensed manual therapist or anything like that, um, if we're looking at most fitness, most fitness professionals, um, things that are within our scope to impact wellness would be obviously the workouts, um, but, but not just the structured training and not just the OPT model we all know and love. It's, it's also um, what someone's total movement and then also what is their relationship with movement? Um, you know, so there's there's that on the movement side. Um, there's also different aspects of recovery and regeneration. So, you know, recovery can be an active process. So you're 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 pulling out the the massage gun, you're you're, you know, um, working on um, flexibility, you're trying to do even active recovery between sets. Um, engaging in mindfulness techniques. So there's also psychological, not only physical recovery, there's psychological recovery. And that could be as simple as relaxation time. Yeah. So I'm just getting psychological relaxation. I'm just reading a book for pleasure. I'm not reading it for work or for information gathering. Um, you know, and, and there's also mindful mindfulness techniques, techniques, excuse me, which have, um, you know, I think the research on that keeps um, multiplying in, in terms of the benefits of mindfulness. Um, and mindfulness necessarily isn't the same as meditation. It's not necessarily a meditative practice. Both both will bring you kind of that to that spot. But mindfulness is more of that um, sort of focused self awareness without judgment, right? You kind of hear that as a common um, mm -hmm. definition of mind of mindfulness. Um, you know, obviously nutrition is pretty huge. Um, nutrition for the, for the sense of wellness is a little different because oftentimes we think of nutrition in terms of performance. Um, we look at this food as fuel mindset, which, which has that it's ups and downs. Um, but nutrition has a lot to do with, you know, kind of like what's your relationship with movement? What's your relationship with food? Um, and then overall, are you getting this, this healthy pattern? So it's really about the healthy dietary pattern. Um, not necessarily what are you doing for this meal right now? Right. Is that healthy yeah, yeah. or not? Right. It, it's more about what's your pattern. 
um, that kind of stuff also enables you to enjoy time with family and holidays, right? You're not, you know, I, I've, I've talked with professionals who they're the person that comes into Thanksgiving with their Tupperware of pre-made food um, because it fits their plan. Um, and these are professionals that are not preparing for a contest. They're not trying to make weight for anything. They're not trying to get on stage in a week. Um, they, they just believe that's what they need to do. And, and they've told me they, just, they feel like a, like a bummer. <laughs> you know, they're coming to their family with their, they like, you know, their family thinks that they're the professionals judging the rest of them because they're coming in with their Tupperware. And, and, you know, and I, I asked one person in particular, she sticks out and I, and I said, so would you have rather just not have what was in the Tupperware and just enjoy Thanksgiving dinner? And, well, yeah, of course. And I said, well, well, why not? <laughs> It's Thanksgiving dinner. It's not going to, it's once a year, right? Um, So it's, you know, what's your pattern? What's your pattern uh, when it comes to nutrition? Not necessarily, is this food good or bad? Um, You know, what's your relationship with with eating in general when you start labeling foods, Um, when you start having this preoccupation with food? as well. So there's different things there. Um, you know, again, if anything seems to like it, it's, it's stepping, if you have a client that looks like it's, it's heading toward disordered eating, you got to refer them out to a medical professional. Um, you know, and those, and then mental, mental well-being, of course. So, so addressing stress is a huge one, understanding stress a little bit, um, and then having different things available to you to alleviate stress, whether that's movement, whether that's mindfulness, whether that's, um, some psychological recovery, you know, whether it's physical recovery, just taking a break, you know, standing up, walking around, doing some stretches, some foam rolling or whatever it is to just reset for a second, right? So those kinds of things a fitness professional can help their client with. So, you know, stress management, um, you know, recovery, you know, mindfulness, mental relaxation techniques, mental, um, you know, resetting, movement, obviously, <clears throat> you know, all those things are within scope. And and the great thing is if, if you're looking at those things and, and if someone were able to do things that moved in those domains. So just pro- little progress in any one or, or, or all of those domains, doesn't really matter what, their mind, their, their wellness improves, right? They're, you can't help it. Your well-being improves because you're doing something that moves that forward, even a little bit. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, when it comes to this kind of thing, um, we work with people and let's say, and I use this as an example because I experienced it the other day, which is, I, I like to go through a daily practice of foam rolling and stretching and I just didn't feel like doing it. And mm-hmm. I know, I know that I'm going to feel better after I do it, mm-hmm. but I also just didn't feel like getting up and doing it. Sure. Um, same thing happens with exercise. So I'm, I'm going to go for a run and I just don't feel like going for a run. Uh, and, and, and I know that I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm, might consider myself a runner because sometimes I don't feel like going for a run and I'm just on autopilot and I walk mm-hmm. over and I put my shoes on and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like doing this. And then I put my other shoe on, I tie it and not feel like doing this. And I get up and go for a run, not feeling right. like doing it, coming back and feeling so good. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. And some of that is an actual feeling of feeling more, you know, better and awake, but also there's some of it's a sense of pride that mm-hmm. I overcame something that I didn't want to do that I knew was better for me and that mm-hmm. there was a choice that was the better of the options that I put on the table for myself. Right. So with that being right. said, um, you know, how, how might you coach somebody who's just told you, you know, since the last time you saw them three, four days ago, they had a plan and they know that they feel like they, they're better when they eat this way or when they get up and do their stretches or when they go out for a walk and they just couldn't make that happen. 
since they saw you last. And there's a coachable moment, right? So I'm mm -hmm. learning from somebody what they agreed with themselves that they would do. And then they come back and meet you and they tell you that they did not do those things. And you mentioned that yeah. coaching is about listening to everything. So yeah. what are we listening to? And then and then how do we we turn that conversationally with them to give perspective? Sure, sure. I mean, first thing I'll do is I'll have them do wall sits for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if we're not doing it, you know, what are you thinking? What's wrong with you? Um, no. um, so, you know, the, the first thing, some people are listening right now and they're going, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, right. I'll try that. I'm going to try that next time. Wall sits. Um, wall sits and I'm going to give them their meal journal while they're in the wall sit and write down everything they wrote for the past week. Um, no, it's, it's uh, really actually, actually the first thing is uh, self-kindness. Ah. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Cut yourself some slack. Um, there's actually, I'm going to butcher this study. I'm going to butcher it right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember the author. Um, but, but it was a study that was done. The author's going, don't say the my author, name. Don't, say, don't my say my name. name. <laughs> you're going to butcher my stats and the outcome and all that. But, but the, the point is there, there's a point to it. At least there's, there's a, you know, I'm not going to, you don't have to worry about the statistical analysis, but there's a point to it. Um, and they had two groups and, and one group, they were both allowed to make sort of these, these, you know, non-healthy choices they're given snacks to choose from um and you know and whether it's like a donut or some you know something you know we would consider non-healthy that's an issue in and of itself right that's a different study that they're actually considering certain foods bad or not bad or good um so anyway they, they the groups that um you know some groups had the the unhealthy snack and um they were sort of left to their own devices um, and, I, and I think there is some language given to them sort of reinforcing the fact that they made a, a bad choice. Mm. The, the other group, um, so that was the control group, the, the experimental group, they, they were actually given some, someone came in, a researcher came in to talk to them and, and said, you know what, it's cool. You know, they kind of fostered the sense of cutting yourself some slack, some self-kindness, some self-compassion. Because um, the, what the researchers were trying to understand is if you cut yourself some slack, does that just enable future um, failure? Right. Right. And the point of it is it, it doesn't. It actually it actually improves your chances of success. Hmm. Um, so cutting yourself slack. So that that's usually the first thing is, hey, you know, if you're my client, Rick, that, let's talk about that. You know, at big scheme of things, um, you didn't you didn't hit the the targets that you set. I noticed that. What I'm, the language I'm saying is the targets that you set, right? You defined what those targets were because you thought those are things that you would meet. And those you, those are things that you thought you'd be able to get done. So first thing is cut yourself some slack. Um, you're here now and you're here talking through it. That's a win because the win we're going to get out of that is some self-awareness now that we look back on the week and talk through it. Talk through it. Tell me what it was that that you felt was in the way. What do you, Was something too difficult, just flat out too difficult? Um, what What was it? Right. And then you can go through your list of things of, of what well, work was particularly stressful or, you know, my son told me he had a, a project due at school the night before and he had three weeks to do it. Right. Which I'm sure never happens. Um, and, you know, and, and whatever, whatever it is, all these different things, the water heater is leaking, my car needs new brakes. Right. All these different things that happen because, you know, because life um, and and, you know, you would go through these different things, whatever it was that that was in the way. Um, you know, and I would try and listen for 
you know, after I told you cut yourself some slack, I would try and listen for root causes. Right? Mm -hmm. What what are the things that are really getting in the way? And is it is it just stress management? Maybe. You know, it just depends on the client, depends on the person. Because so if it's a stress management thing, I would say, hey, if you're just too exhausted, right? Don't don't put pressure on yourself to make it the walk that you had to do. Is it um, you know, what are you willing to do? Is it just simply to sit on the couch for 10 minutes and practice mindfulness or practice gratitude for the things that are going right with your day? Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, is it a mindset thing or a stress management thing? You know, that might, that might help. And if you do that, who knows what can happen, right? But if, if they cultivate a small win, it's that whole upward spiral thing, right? Look for something that, that gets them a small win and that will have an impact on future success that will give them um, a little bit of confidence to go ahead and go, okay, well, you know, if I can't, if I just can't do a 20 minute run, like I said, I was going to do, let me do a 20 minute walk with my favorite playlist, right? Some people, want, mm -hmm. we, we underestimate music. That's a totally different podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you know, it's what one, one thing that I've heard an expert recommend um, is to have a, a motivational playlist on the ready, right? When you just don't feel like doing it. Um, you just don't feel like getting the workout in. You just don't feel like getting the run in, you know, and that, so I could say, have the playlist ready. Don't put pressure on yourself to get the run in, but you, but get some movement in what's reasonable to you. And you can say, well, okay, well, like a 20 minute walk. Okay. Okay. Get your headphones and get your earbuds in, hit your playlist and go for a walk. If you feel motivated to, to jog, go for it. You want to do some intervals, you know, some walk jog, whatever it is, just do it. You just want to take the dog on a stroll, but you're moving, you're out in nature or you're out outdoors and you're moving, right? So it's it's kind of that that reset that, because um, what you don't want is people to come in and, because, you know, this person's probably been beating themselves up the entire week and they're probably right. uneasy about meeting with you as their coach. And more often than not, that could be where we lose clients because they just are embarrassed. Right, right. You know, they don't want to come in, so they skip. And then you go, what happened to this person? They were doing okay, and then they're just gone, right? And a lot of times they, <laughs> your clients don't always tell you why they don't come back. And it could be something as just you're doing the right thing in your mind because you're holding them accountable, but they maybe see these failures as adding up. What they see is failures. I don't like using the word failure, but these, they see these setbacks as adding up and they just can't keep coming and going, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Whereas if you just, hey, cut yourself some slack, let's talk through what's realistic for you and let's do that. Right. Oh. The big stuff, the big stuff comes. That's, that's that whole thing about meeting a client where they're at, which we say a lot in fitness, but I don't think we're very successful yeah. at it, to be honest. Right. Because someone goes in, I'm a total couch potato. I just sit down and I, I really don't, I'm exhausted. I commute for an hour each way and I get home. All I want to do is sit because I'm just tired. Right. And I'm going to come in as a, I'm going to come in as a fitness professional and go, great. Well, we got to get you to 150 minutes a week of activity and two resistance training sessions a week. So, right, let's go. I'm meeting you where you're at right now. You're a couch potato. You're going to be here in a month. Um, that's not really meeting. That's not really meeting with that person where they're at at all. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of, it's a mindset that a, a coach can make is, well, what is, what does success look to you? Right. What, what does that look like for you? And how can we, how can we move forward closer, closer to that end point just a little bit every time we try. Right. And, and managing success by behaviors as opposed to managing success mm -hmm. by results-based outcomes. Right. And those results like, did I hit my minutes or did I lose this weight? Or did I do my X amount of days of work? Did I get my total weekly volume in? Um, and the truth of the matter is like, did you do something that 
that maybe moved you forward. And if you moved backwards, not to beat yourself up over it. And for us as, as a, a coach in this instance, not to beat them up over it. Right. right? And I've, I've right. worked with people, especially like uh, in my young martial arts career where I had coaches that would get mad at me and slap me on the back of the head and say, you're supposed to do this in the fight and this. And, and I don't, I didn't respond well to that. And I've had mm -hmm. coaches that look me in the eye and, and, you know, I said, you're doing really great. Uh, there's some things that need to be worked on. I need you to pay attention when they do this. And all of a sudden I'm like, why did I ever train with that other guy? Like, why did I train with that guy? Yeah. Like, I, it didn't make me feel confident uh, going into it. it. Didn't make me feel comfortable with them, especially in a heated moment mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm being hit with more heat when really what I needed to do is somebody to tell me, hey, in the midst of all of this that's going on, I'm going to be a voice that you can listen to versus somebody that um, that adds fire to a situation. Yeah. And yeah. and that that type of mentality when it comes to training, I mean, working with coaches that dealt with me in heated situations made me go, oh, maybe I should be maybe I'd be more like that guy. I'm going to be the one that talks yeah. to people and works through situations. And, you know, this is what to be aware of and pay attention to versus uh, you know, we talked about this, I told you what to do and you didn't do it. And that's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, that's a very good point because really a lot of our clients and, and athletes even, um, they beat themselves up pretty well. They don't really need your help. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? They don't really need your help. So, and you know, one of those things that, that just, um, is that whole self-evaluation thing. So that way I'm not even doing inter an evaluation on that on that client it's i'm saying you tell me what do you think right and it, and i'm what i'm listening for is their language about themselves too harsh is it too um demeaning or is it too sort of i'm a failure i'm never really going to get this um you know and that's when that whole cutting yourself some slack and let's let's retweak the language a little bit um you're not going backwards right it's just it's just called life um, but I'm here to coach you and guide you and give you suggestions. Let's work on something together that moves you forward. You know, it's really, and, and it, you know, here comes cliche number 38, um, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, you know, it's that whole thing about staying off of the solution or staying off the result and focusing on a process instead. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's, and that really, you know, that, that makes a huge difference. It really does. I, I had a client one time who, um, he told me something that actually a yoga instructor had told him, um, that he really liked. And he goes, you know, because he had the mind, he was talking to his yoga instructor, kind of going, I don't know, I'm not really good at this, or I'm not good at that, or I don't have the flexibility or the strength to be able to do this. And the yoga instructor just turns to him and goes, it's just something to work on. Yeah. And then keeps walking. Right. And so one, that one little moment with that yoga instructor, he goes, it's just something to work on. All right. Yeah. Right. And so you apply that to everything. And so when I heard that from him, I started doing that with all my clients, really, you know, because they just started beating up on themselves and you go, well, you know, one, is it important to you? Well, it's important. Okay, well, that's just something to work on, Yeah. you know, um, then let's find a way to work on it that makes sense in your life and that and that will will move you forward. I love that. I love that. Well, what might be some potential next steps for CPTs if they're mm -hmm. interested in learning more, not about training, but maybe a mm -hmm. bit more about coaching? Um, you know, that there's, you know, the International Coaching Federation is pretty popular. Um, <clears throat> the trick there is, you know, that doesn't really happen to 
to work with a particular kind of coach. So whether you're like a health coach, wellness coach, fitness coach, um, there's some resources there. But what really I would look at are um, look at some practices you're interested in. Um, you know, there's there's also some good research if you're if you're a, a fan of searching through Medline. Um, if you're looking at self-compassion, looking at mindfulness techniques, for example, you look at these things that people can do to manage their stress and and mm-hmm. and be more focused. Um, but I would say, as as a fitness professional, pick some practices to think through, and then to 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 then start with coaching yourself on it. Actually, um, yeah, nice. so whether it's a mindfulness practice or recovery practice or sleep hygiene. Um, or looking at nutrition differently, right? That's a huge one. That's a, one a lot of people I think can 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 benefit from. Um, you know, is, is find some of these practices and then coach yourself through it. Um, and it, and it's kind of hokey as it might seem. Journal it. Kind of you know, what would you tell yourself if, right? How would you how would you talk to yourself if you know this setback happened or this success happened or this small yeah. win happened, right? What would you say to yourself to to make sure that you you weren't just defeated, beating yourself up and you know, you want to cut yourself some slack and, you know, how would you, how would you do that? Um, you know, how would you, that's, that's one thing. Um, if I had to pick one thing, let's say, um, as, as a, as a place to start is talk to yourself. You would think a really good coach should talk to their client. Hmm. Um, you know, begin with compassion, begin with, um, some kindness, understanding, and then hold yourself capable and able right? Don't hold yourself accountable. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't hit this checklist. So I'm bad. Right. right. Like you make a judgment um, about your ability. It's, it's hold yourself capable and able. Uh, you can do this. You can move yourself forward. You know, there, there's a difference there. I think, I think especially in, in a lot of professions that are results driven and performance driven, not just fitness or athletics or performance training. Um, there's, there's this focus on if I allow any kind of kind of goes back to that study. If I allow any kind of slack, or I allow any kind of kindness to take place, then that's letting them off the hook. Uh, and that is, that's not the case. So I, I think that mindset shift is important too, is by allowing some self-compassion, that's not the same thing as letting someone off the hook because they've defined what wellness is, right? And what success is. So they're, they're still you know, held to that standard, mm-hmm. right? They still have to do that. They still have to get there. It's just, it's just getting there that isn't sort of this, this kind of unbeat down mentally and emotionally on the way i'd rather get there going okay i mean a little progress little progress little progress i'm feeling good feeling better now i can make maybe some bigger leaps in my progress you know maybe i can take a look right. at interval training maybe i can look at more structured resistance training um because i've made these little these little steps along the way and you'd be surprised you know i'm sure you've seen it where some clients kind of they sort of take this weird ramp like this kind of really slow really slow and then they kind of there's like some deflection point where all of a sudden they make these cr- this crazy leap into wanting to do more things. Like they want to, you know, take some hikes they've never taken before. They want to yeah. you know, run yeah. marathons or they want to, you know, they all of a sudden hit this deflection point where they're like, okay, I can really do some cool stuff, you know, but, but getting there seems kind of slow. Right. And that's about the process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't, you don't get there by, by focusing on the end result mm-hmm. and you know, that, that analogy of what's the, um, you know, to, to eat a whale, what's the, you know, how do you eat a whale? And and the answer is one bite at a time. So, and sometimes we look at the, the whale and we go, there's no way, there's no way. And to be honest, it's the whale is the whale. What's, what's in front of you is what's in front of you. You know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step and Mm -hmm. You know, all you can do is focus on the steps. You can focus on the bites that you can take 
And a lot of times we focus on what we can't do instead of focusing on what we can do. Mm -hmm. And that's where that shift needs to happen is focus people's attention on their abilities and capabilities, as you said. So Rich, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a process, but it's, it's totally doable. It really is for most people. Uh, and I will, I will put a little qualifier, a little asterisk on that. If you're looking at someone who's preparing for a contest to practice or a competition, right? Obviously there is a timeline and a result. That's very, very important. So that's a little different um, than, you know, a majority of our clients. Um, so there are, you know, metrics there are very important in, in moving on the way, but you, you can actually take wellness practices though and integrate them into athletes. I was talking with someone who is uh, the performance and wellness director for an NBA team, actually one very close to you in geographic uh, location. And, and they are actually kind of successful at integrating wellness practices into performance programming, um, like gratitude and, and mindfulness. Um, the interesting thing he did, he did say, though, is it's hard to shift professional athletics and strength and conditioning into that, that mindset. Um, but he, he looked at it as, uh, to talk about small wins, he looked at it as one thing a year. He says it was, it was a point where I had to just think about one or two practices a year to integrate or a season i should say so he wasn't trying to hit him over the head with all these different things they should do he just picked a couple things that are really important that he knows that'll improve the wellness of the athletes and then therefore their performance i love that i love that and i love that you took time to be with me on this yeah, podcast today man like uh, it's nice if we sit there and we have a phone call and as we talk i'm like man why can't we just record this phone call and put it on, <laughs> on the podcast yeah. be that's so pretty fun. much what this is yeah just yeah, record yeah. This phone call <laughs> It'd be so helpful for people just to, to listen to us chat and, and, and well, help people. At least it's helpful for me. So uh, again, thank you for your time. If people have questions for you, they want to reach out to you or social media, anything like that, that you want to put out there for them. Oh, sure. Uh, Instagram is just Rich Fahmy, R-I-C-H-F-A-H-M-Y. It's easy peasy. Uh, you can find me there. It's the easy way to go. Perfect. Excellent. Rich, thank you so much for your time, thank your Rick. insights and everything that you've given to us. And for those of you, let me give uh, my gratitude for you being a podcast listener. So thank you for your time and listening to the show. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie or you can email me rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT podcast. All right.